selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. It's about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? All kinds of things. I am so excited for this podcast today, Daryl. Yeah, oh, no you're gonna you are gonna want to turn the volume up. You're gonna want to get a notepad, a pen. This is gonna be fantastic. I'm so excited about the conversation today, and uh, we're we're is gonna be phenomenal. By the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And right now, Larry, I believe that authenticity wins. We believe that authenticity wins. And it's so fun hearing the stories of sales professionals that are going, you know what? I'm going to double down on authenticity. I'm going to um, work at my trust building skills um, and my ability to build and sustain trust. I'm, I'm going to just develop myself in that area and seeing the fruit of that is so much fun right now. This is uh, this is just incredible. You know, it, it absolutely is. And and for all the listeners out there, you've heard me say this over and over again, but I believe authenticity is a lifestyle. It's not a light switch. We're all authentic human beings. It's how we choose to carry ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And bringing your authentic self to your clients and prospects is huge. And one of the ways we're learning how to do that is inside community. And the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group, you hear us talking about this uh, frequently on the Selling from the Heart podcast because we believe so much in the power of community, of like-hearted sales professionals, sales leaders gathering together and saying, okay, let's, let's figure this out. Let's encourage each other. Let's equip each other. And uh, the stuff that's going on in the Insiders Group, you just got to come see it. It's amazing. You know, the, this, the stories are heartfelt, but more importantly is I really enjoy how accountability partners have been starting to been formed. And these are just right from the community. It's just on the calendar. We speak on certain dates and mm -hmm. friendships have been formed. They take it out and they work through things. We work through them as a group. It's been awesome. It's fantastic. So if you want that in your life, if you're hearing that and you go, I need that, then we want you to come join us. Go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders and you can learn how to get engaged and you can actually hang out uh, 30 days on the house free. We want you to have this. We want you to experience authentic community and you're absolutely going to love it. And I bet you're going to thank us for it because it's really, really incredible. But authenticity and trust, uh, it applies to sales it also applies to leadership, which is why I am so excited to have one of the world's most preeminent uh, thought leaders and experts on leadership here to, to talk with us today. Larry, why don't you introduce our guest and let's dive in. Oh, I've been looking forward to this one. Hey, good to see you, John. I've been good to see you guys too. I've been absolutely looking forward to this. Um, 
I've been connected to John for quite some time on LinkedIn. And I'm just a big believer in the old saying, if you ask not, you get not. And I just, I sent John a message. I was actually a LinkedIn message. He got, he sent me one back. He goes, here's my email. We struck up an email conversation, had a wonderful conversation. I said, he'd be honored to have you on the podcast. So when it comes to leadership, I, I know we're in for a real treat. John Spence, welcome to Selling from the Heart. It's a tremendous pleasure to be here, gentlemen. I'm looking forward to this too. We're going to have fun. Well, it's an honor to have you here. And, uh, you know, as one of the world's foremost authorities in leadership, and uh, as our folks get to know you, if you don't know who John is already, uh, first of all, you get out from under the rock, uh, <laughs> but you're going to discover uh, the, the deep well of expertise we have here, which is why I'm really looking forward to John's answer to the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers. And that is, John, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Uh, to me, it's a pretty easy answer. Always do what's in the best interest of the customer, even if that means helping him go sh someplace else to buy. That the number one thing is add value, tell the truth, do what's in their best interest. Short, Absolutely. sweet, to the point. It, rem it reminds me of, I just had flashbacks. I'm a big Andy Stanley fan. And I remember he talked about integrity. And he went on to say, it's, it's doing what's right, even if it costs you. And that might mean going, you know, helping bring somebody else in to answer it or just saying, you know what, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. I love the answer. Well, you know, it it is really interesting because we are, have said uh, for years that sales professionals are leaders. Um, I mean, sales is influencing other people for to make a change for the better. Um, there's so many parallels to leadership. And then we have many people in the audience uh, that are sales leaders that lead sales teams of people. And I'm so excited to have this conversation about leadership and, and from both the sales and the sales leaders perspective. As we get started, though, I, I was really curious, John, and, and I know you've been asked to define this word leadership probably many times uh, in your life. When you think about leadership in the context of sales, what, what does, how would you define leadership? Divided in sales or any other endeavor, this is my definition, is to be a living example of what you hope your followers will one day become. Oh, that's, that's good. That's so fantastic. I absolutely love it. So let's let's think today, uh, we want to be thinking in particular about sales leaders and, and those who are aspiring to a sales leadership position. Um, what, when you think about a sales leader, why do you think that I, we all believe that role is really, really important? I'm curious why you think leadership is such a critical and important role inside a sales team. Well, obviously, as I just said through the through the definition, the sales leader is the one who sets the pace, who sets the example, who shows people what the values of the organization is. That's authentic and honest with the client customer. Mm -hmm. And that tells everybody else this is the way we act and behave. This is the way we treat our customers. Uh, they are the person, well, as goes the leadership, so goes the entire team. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do a back one from Jock, Jocko Wilnix is there are no bad teams. There are only bad leaders. Oh, it's, it's so true on this. And, and I'd, I'd be curious only just cause I'm fascinated with your background is what did you learn as, as you were coming up the ranks in the business world, who were some of your influential leaders and why were they so influential for you, John? Well, uh, when I was, uh, for those of you that don't know me, I, I was, after failing out of college on the first try, 
<laughs> I number three in the United States on my second try and became CEO of one of the Rockefeller Foundations when I was 26. And at that time, I had a few mentors that were very influential to me. I can't speak enough about how important it is to have to, a mentor. I'm 50, I'll be 58 this month. I just asked someone to become my mentor. He's 83. But a lot of the things that I learned early in my career were from people I looked up to in books because I was so young and didn't have connections. So I did a lot of, at the time, uh, Tom Peters was the leading expert on uh, business. Um, from a sales standpoint, I'm a huge Neil Rackham fan, um, Mahat Khalsa, uh, Jack Malcolm, a bunch of the, you know, Jeb Blunt, the folks that you've been on, that have been on your show. But I really looked up to, to people that, that had reached the pinnacle of their career, doing it with, with character and honesty. I like it. I like that a lot. And, you know, one of the things I love about your story, um, we've been big, uh, big fans of, of the phrase leaders or readers, sales leaders or readers. And I understand, John, you've uh, read a few books. <laughs> well, you just have to look over your shoulder. So for those that are listening, you won't see it, but those who are watching, you can see what's over John's shoulder. Uh, I've been reading literally <laughs> since I got out of college, when I went to work for the Rockefellers, I've been reading a minimum of a hundred business books a year, sometimes 120, sometimes 150. Now I'll put a challenge out to your watchers, listeners, how many, and I'll ask you guys, Larry and Daryl, how many books do you think the average college graduate reads per year for self-improvement or business improvement to be better in communications, conflict resolution, sales, sales leadership, per year after they graduate from college? Uh, I'll go first. I'm I'm going to go out on the limb and say three. I'm gonna, it's single digits. I, it's got to be I single bet digits. it's single digits. Oh, it's below single digits. It's, it's right half. <laughs> oh. <Is> that, <laughs> read half a book. They could have just said they it's half an e-book. read half and finished Hey, John, it's an e-book. It's like a 10-page <laughs> e-book. Well, let me – here's the interesting oh, challenge. That's sad. If you were to read six books a year mm-hmm. for self-improvement, what I, what I would call a self-improvement, six a year, you're in the top 1% in the United States of America or whatever country you live in. If you're to read 12 a year, you're in the top 1% on the face of the earth. Um, reading, I think my library is a little over 3,000 books. That doesn't make me any smarter. It just means I have access to more information. Mm-hmm. People who are really good at what they do, sales books like you guys and other folks you've had on show. That's them taking an entire lifetime of their career and boiling it down to a couple hundred pages. Yeah. So if you were to spend 15, 20, 30 minutes a day reading, studying, and it's not just reading, it's podcasts, it's YouTube videos, it's audiobooks, it's Kindle books, all that stuff. But if you did the equivalent of 15, 20 minutes a day learning, at the end of a year, you're, you've met that 12 book threshold, if not more. At the end of three years, you are at a level that most people will never get to for self-learning. And like you said, leaders are readers and great leaders are always dedicated to lifelong learning. If you're not keeping the pace on that, you cannot expect your team to do that. No, amen on that. And, and here's the other, here's the other thing. And, and I've, I've walked through this, John, and just, I love reading. And Daryl and I are just avid readers and we're always texting pictures of the books that we get in Amazon. It's like a frequency at the doorstep, but, um, these become great conversation starters. 
these absolutely just think about the nuggets that you read that you can use when you're having these business conversations with executives and mid-level decision makers and just watch what starts happening to the course of the conversation. Watch what starts happening to their eyes and their body language as they start, as you bring to the forefront, hey, you know what? I was just reading a really great book entitled dot, dot, dot. Hey, I'm curious if you read it. If so, what are your thoughts? There's an interesting other side to that. Yeah. It's a great interviewing question. Oh. What are the last three business books you read and what were the major takeaways from each one? Unfortunately, probably 90% of the people you ask that question will just look at you with a blank stare because they haven't read anything recently. And from from me as a sales leader or a leadership standpoint, I want other people that are constantly trying to improove. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll just, I don't know, not the last three, let me give you the last 10 and everything. Else. That's what I want to hear. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that is, that's so powerful. And a lot of that uh, kind of bridges into another topic that I really wanted to hit on or related to, to leadership is creating a culture. Um, and so we're talking here about creating a culture of growth and learning. Um, what are some other things that you think are are very important to be thinking about as a sales leader is crafting their culture of their sales team? Well, you have to have a culture of high performance teams. Uh, actually, an organizational culture is just the multiplication of team cultures, uh, a culture of lifelong learning, a culture of uh, respect, uh, honesty, integrity. Uh, those are the things that are going to create. Uh, and then the, another thing I would add to that is underneath this umbrella of authenticity, all those things, creativity, lifelong learning, is the importance of having a culture that is is based around uh, constantly trying to to do the best for everyone that's there and building an organization that, that lives customer service, service from the heart, being a servant leader. So here's here's what I want to throw out just because I've been unfortunately in the in the sales channel that I grew up in, John, I was on some pretty chaotic, dysfunctional teams and it was hard to build culture. And, And I just want to take this conversation in a different direction, but I totally support what you were saying is quite often you'll say, well, you know, I'm in it for me. How do we build this great team culture when sales is so stacked ranked and it's so benchmarked? How do we? How do we come together as team when it's that salesperson is going, you know what, I have this to hit. I have these metrics to hit. I have these income goals to hit. How do you bring this together? And I'm the first word that comes to mind is kumbaya, right? How do you get people, you know, rowing in the same direction, especially in sales when we know that, unfortunately, it's sometimes an individual sport? Well, I, I'm a huge fan for building it into a team sport that people are uh, – rewarded for working together and helping each other, uh, constantly trying to, to improve the way they want everybody to succeed. Sure. Yeah. You've got your own numbers, everything, but it's the team that succeeds. I believe that some of your pay should be tied to that. But one of the things I think is real critical to culture and getting everybody together is understanding the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. If everyone's connected to a purpose that's ennobling and uh, important and motivating and exciting. And they're all trying to reach that purpose and do those things together. I think that breaks down a lot of barriers Mm -hmm. and creates a stronger connection of everyone rallying around. This is how we change people's lives. This is how we help people. This is what our product or service does to make the world a better place. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm I'm listening to that thinking, okay, well, if I led a sales team that was selling cancer, you know, 
uh, drugs that are relieving or healing people of cancer, then that purpose is pretty easy, right? But what what if I'm leading a sales team that's selling XYZ widget or bags of sand or Larry and I sold photocopiers back in the day? Like it was <laughs> it was not uh, the, the world wasn't necessarily changing um, directly by that product, although I'm starting to see how it could be. But I'm curious what would you say to a leader of a sales team that's selling something that's kind of like cars or, or something seemingly mundane? Um, the truth matters. If you dig deeper, very few things are mundane. Um, a car is transportation that allows people to take their kids to school, to get to work, to keep their job. Uh, as if I were a car salesman, that look on people's face when they finally buy the car and the new yep. car smell and they, you know, that is priceless because you know that that's made a contribution to their life. Mm-hmm. So, there's two things I think about, and, and one is if it's mundane, um, then what does your company do that's meaningful? Do all of you walk in the breast con- cancer thing together? Are you giving mm-hmm. money to the local mm-hmm. children's hospital? Mm-hmm. So maybe my my job isn't that exciting or our product isn't that exciting, but what we do as an organization is very motivating for me. Now, I'm going to give you a very quick story, and, and I know you guys, the early part of my career, I did nothing but sales training. I, I made a shift about... 20 years ago, going more into leadership and strategy. But one of my clients sells gears and ball (laughs) bearings. I mean, this is not very sexy. Right. And they bought a company that makes gears for helicopters. And they, they, they just bought the company. They brought all the employees into a big hangar, three or 400 employees. And they said, some of our top customers are going to come here and chat with us. And they're sitting there and a general walks up to the stage, one of the main generals, and they bought helicopter parts for gears for Blackhawk helicopters. And he looks out over the audience, looks around and says, both of my boys fly Blackhawk helicopters in Iraq. Don't let my boys die. And turned around and walked off the stage. You don't make gears anymore. You bring back American soldiers safe to the base to go home to their family. You can, if you dig deep enough, there might be something like that. That is incredibly powerful. I, I, I just want to throw the gauntlet down for every sales leader and every sales rep listening in here is, can you dig deep and find this purpose behind what you do? Because I mean, sales leadership is hard. I've, you know, I've had that role several times. It's a tough job. And and in order to, to, endure that type of, of a role, uh, without a purpose, that's really hard to do to motivate a team without a purpose is really hard to do. Finding the purpose for your sales team. Ah, that's, that's such pure gold, John. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, sales, I I love this coaching (laughs) and this conversation is so, so engaging and interesting. Um, what else, what, Here's here's the dilemma that a lot of uh, sales leaders have um, is, and this happened to me in my career early on. I was a great sales professional, and uh, I got promoted. Right, you hit the number. We got we need a sales leader. Who are we going to pick? Who's at the top of the sales stack rank? Uh, I got picked and recruited at 24 years old to lead the sales team. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, I had very little training, and quite frankly, I didn't do very well at it. Um, if somebody is aspiring to be a sales leader, or maybe they've found themselves thrust into a position that they're starting to realize the Peter principle is in full effect, <laughs> what would what would you say to them? Like, how how can they prepare and or get out of that ditch uh, as quickly as possible to to start driving success as a leader? 
So one of the first things to think about, which is something that many, many of us suffer from, is an idea called the imposter syndrome. Yep. Uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't deserve this promotion. This is I'm in way over my head. And still, you know, I still have the imposter syndrome uh, on some of the things I go. I don't know why they asked me to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, but early in my career, I suffered from that. And a lot of people do. So you just have to realize that everybody had a first day on the job. Mm -hmm. Every sales leader that's spectacular now had a first day they walked in and had very little to no idea what they were doing. Hmm. Uh, number two, one of the most important things I've ever learned in my life, actually the second most important thing is ask for help. Is a lot of people think it's weakness to ask for help, but the smartest, most successful people I've ever met in my life are constantly asking for feedback, ideas, suggestions, uh, guidance. So don't be afraid to ask help ask everywhere. That also means that you ask in your own organization uh, you create a mastermind group, much like you all have a community where everybody's helping each other. And then again, I'm going to touch back on mentors. Uh, a great mentor can change your life. Had I not had a mentor in three or four stages of my life, there's no way my career would be here now because I found people that were 15 or 20 years ahead of me and saved me all that pain by helping me out with key ideas and information. Oh, that that's so spot on because I, I have to circle back, John, to this to mentors. And if if I would look back on my 20s and even into my 30s, if I would have doubled down on building a center of influence full of mentors and people a lot more experienced in life than I was, who knows what would have happened? But I learned that later on in life. And I think that's the big key is if you find yourself young and you find yourself thrust into leadership roles or management roles is build a community, build a network of people who have been doing this for a while, a lot more experience and just start asking for help. So spot on. So spot on. Well, I absolutely am inspired that you said you just got a new coach or mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, wow, right? Look at, you know, you'd think somebody that is an advisor to, um, you know, some of the best companies on the planet and uh, walks in incredible circles. You know, I think there's a tendency for a lot of people to think, well, that type of bird, you got it going on. Like, what, you know, you know, why does he need an advisor? Um, which is a, a question I just want to ask, like, what do you, you, you've, you've had an incredible career. You've been an advisor to some of the top companies in the world. Um, you've, you've walked with some amazing people. Why do you feel at this stage in life, you still need a mentor? I, I am learning more now than I've ever learned in my entire life. That's after years yep. of running companies and reading everything. And there's so much I don't understand. So I've searched out people that have, uh, you know, experience in completely other fields, other things. Uh, and I just say, I take, I've got three people that I take, I go to lunch with them or breakfast with them once every 20 days. And I just ask questions and sit and listen and take notes furiously. And, you know, at least I can share a little bit back now when I was quite younger, I didn't do anything but listen and take notes. And then I've got several mentees as well. I think it's important to do both sides is, you know, what I found is very successful people are happy to help other people because they wouldn't be where they were if people hadn't helped them. So reaching out and asking for help. And then one of the things I do with my mentors is after we've worked together for a while, I say, who do you know that I need to know? Who else can help me? And I've had great mentors connect me with other people around the world that I learn from constantly just by asking for, for more help and more connections. It, it just, uh, 
by the, by the way, it's glad to know that you and I are of the same age. That's right on on that one. But it's a, you know, I, I'll hold my hand up and I know Daryl will as well. You know, we have that we share the same business coach and we and we brought this person on last year just to help us see things through a different set of lens. But what it's opened, it's opened up the world to this person's mentors and this person's center of, of influence, the running calls and mm-hmm. the text messages and things like that. It's priceless. It's the, it's, you never know, you never know until you ask. And that's why I, I mean, I, I didn't hire my first coach till I was 40, but well, it made a world of difference. Someone asked me a question not too long ago. Interesting question. What has been great about the pandemic? Interesting question. Yeah. What it's happened to me at least is we've gotten used to doing things like this, talking yeah. on mm-hmm. zoom and it doesn't have to go breakfast, lunch. I, I had a meeting with a friend of mine that we sort of each other's men, mentors in India this morning. I'll talk to my business partner in New Zealand later today. I'm writing a book with a gentleman in Moscow. Uh, I'm helping a company in Canada that are one of my friends. On an average day, I can go from Vietnam to Australia and talk with people. And the, the one thing that's done is I reach out to people now and just say, hey, can we get on the phone for 15 or 20 minutes? And just introduce each other. And I've I've got some brand new. It's actually going to say I am closer with my friends around the world now mm-hmm. than I am with the people that live in my neighborhood. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I said earlier that the second most important thing I've ever learned is ask for help. Yeah. The most important thing I've ever learned is you become what you focus on and like the people you surround yourself with. Well, now I can because of Zoom and everything, I can surround myself with the best people on the face of the earth. And become friends with them in a completely uh, technological like this, which really wasn't embraced yeah. five years ago. No, no, not even close. It's not even it close. really is astounding the possibilities that are opening up right now. I absolutely love it. I love your heart too. Just that attitude. What what we just heard in the last five minutes here to me is pure gold. And um, I don't, you know, this. John, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm inspired to the core. And second of all, I think what you've articulated here is a huge uh, part of just the heart attitude behind selling from the heart about, you know, there, there is this tendency in the sales profession towards arrogance and isolation and, you know, to bring in humility and connection um, to realize that, you know, here it, we're listening to somebody that once again is walked in some of the biggest circles, stood in front of some of the biggest crowds and, um, and is saying, I need a coach, which tells me I need a coach. And it should say to everybody listening, you need a coach, you need a mentor, mentors. And, uh, to be that and and pay that for it. Just beautiful. I'm, I'm inspired and I'm rambling, John. I am so thankful uh, that you shared uh, time with us today. How can folks get more John Spence in their life? Uh, go to my website, johnspence.com. Uh, my blog just got named one of the top 100 in the world for leadership. So sign up for the blog. And then my personal email address is john at johnspence.com. And if, if you want to ask me a question, you want some feedback, advice, a book recommendation, happy to do that. Uh, I will say it'll take a couple days to get to it because I do get a lot of emails and I'm very serious about this. If it is important or urgent, Put that in all caps, and I will stop what I'm doing and get back to you as fast as I can. So, John at johnspence.com. I'm always happy to help in any way I can. And Amazing. I can vouch. And I can vouch for that. 
I can literally vouch for that, John. Hey, just one quick thing before we wrap up. If if you can just impart some more pearls of wisdom on us, right? 30 seconds, 60 seconds, what would be some key, just some key nuggets you can drop on our listeners that they can take away even more inspired than they already are? Uh, I've been reading a lot of stoicism lately. So let me give you one out of those. Uh, two things, two things out of that. It's not what happens to you in life. It's how you choose to respond to it. Uh, that's one of the only things we do have control over, which brings me to the second thing. I see a lot of pain and anguish in people's lives, getting frustrated uh, and anxious and stressed about things they cannot control. By the way, at the top of that list is other people. So two of the things to remember is you get to choose your response no matter what happens. And number two, spend your life focused on the things you truly can control and then learn to let go of anything you can't and put it away and don't worry about that because there's nothing you can do anyways. Every time that happens, just focus back on how can I control this? And one of the other things you can control is your integrity, your character, uh, your honesty, your humility. Those are all within your control. And that is uh, at the heart of selling from the heart. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Oh, Thank you John. so much. What awesome. an honor. You are a true selling from the heart champion. And <laughs> I am so glad we got to share time with you today. I really appreciate this. Thank you, John. It's my pleasure. It's my honor. Thanks. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, my God. I told you to get a notepad <laughs> out at the beginning of this conversation. And I am I am challenged to the core on this. There, there are so many things. You know what stuck out to me so much? And I, I highlighted this several times during the conversation is if John Spence needs a mentor and a coach. I do, you do, we all do. And this, this combination of humility and openness to learn and connect with other people, ah, such gold. It, no, it is. And, and uh, I'm often on podcasts and sometimes you'll get the, you know, the host of the podcast, you know, saying, Hey, if you could take yourself back in time, right. To your twenties, right. Your early career, what do you wish you would have done? And every time I answer it the same way, I wish I would have found a coach and a mentor earlier on in life. Mm -hmm. But I, I tell you what, I'm learning more in my 50s through coaches and mentors than I did in my 20s, 30s and 40s combined. I love it. So let's not stop learning. <laughs> let's let's keep learning um, from the masters who took the time to distill life's work into a book. Pick it up, hit play, whatever you need to do. Uh, to learn. And let's not stop learning from each other. This is so inspiring. I want to say a huge thank you uh, to everybody who is liking and sharing the podcast. This helps us spread the word about Selling from the Heart, which is a movement of authenticity in the sales profession. If you're listening, you're part of that movement. So we're glad you're here. Uh, we want to encourage you to keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value invest in yourself as a learner, invest in a mentor, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.